He's kind of like the Joe Rogan of the hospitality industry right now. Steve Trover is one of the biggest legends in our industry, whether you're on the traditional vacation rental management side or if you're in the new age vacation rental, Airbnb, host, scaler, operator, et cetera, you need to check out Steve Trover with Better Talent, the founder who has been through many cycles of our industry. You've seen the industry through 9-11, through the 2008 crash and beyond. He knows what he's talking about when it comes to people, place, and timing. I think a lot of the conversation you're going to hear today's episode is all about that and how to understand, you know, sometimes the timing is just not right. Sometimes the people aren't right. But at the end of the day, this year, this 2024 year that we're in is going to be such a bullish year for really scaling and growing properly, as we've talked about on many things on this podcast. So give it up for Steve Trover founder of Better Talent, right here on Slick Talk. You're listening to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast, a podcast for those who are in and around the hospitality industry who love, live, and breathe what they do. You can join us for candid and unscripted conversations with hospitality experts and founders as we go deeper into their personal stories while they're sharing their triumphs and trials that got them to where they are today. I'm your host, Will Slickers, and you're listening to an episode of Slick Talk, the Hospitality Podcast. Now, let's begin. Steve Trover, my favorite, oh, oops, sorry for everyone else listening, my favorite guest to have on the podcast, my favorite man to talk to. How are you doing today? I am doing so well, and thank you so much for having me once again. Appreciate it. Of course. For maybe first-time listeners, go backwards to a couple episodes, not only this podcast, but other podcasts in the industry where Steve has been a guest, but you have quite the, the tenure, the experience in this industry that has really built to where a lot of us are today. I've learned so much from you in what you've learned from failures to successes, all the above to not or to do in my business. And so I'm very curious for you. One of my favorite things to ask everybody recently has been around what's one thing you've changed your mind on in the last 12 months? What is one thing I've changed my mind on? I would, I would say that uh, I thought certain ways about the new people coming into this industry. And I have always been, and like to think that I've always been kind of open arms. Some of us, myself included, where it's easy to get OG syndrome where you think you know all the things and that you can teach all the young whippersnappers everything. And I wouldn't say this is a super big change for me, but I'm really locking in on, on kind of the mix between the old and the new, right? And, and being more open to some of the new ideas, new concepts. Some of which, quite frankly, are things that we tried to do 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago didn't work then. And so we're like, oh, that, that will never work. Well, the whole, everything's changed, right, since those years ago. And so some of those things that have been tried before that didn't work uh, do work now. So I'm changing my mind in the sense that I'm trying to be much more open to even things that have been tried before that were a failure because just because... It didn't work out then. There's so many variables that come into play with something like that. And so 
we're seeing some of that and it's exciting to see. And some of the really great ideas from back then that didn't work out, didn't work out for one particular reason or another, but they are now. And so that's cool to see as well as obviously all the new, new concepts. And one of my favorite parts of this industry is just how much it attracts like hardcore, true entrepreneurs that are very outside of the box thinkers. And so it's exciting to see that, that come into play. So. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. It's very interesting. And, you know, there's, it's so funny because you'll, you'll get this because it's a lot of it's time, place, people. So those ideas that maybe didn't work or models that didn't work before had one of those factors that wasn't right. It could have been the time. It could have been the place like geographically or literally the people that were running it, the founder, the team that built it or the incoming team, whatever that side is there's so many factors out of our control and i hate getting into the drama of the industry as i know you and i have talked about many times of the people that only spotlight the bad and never spotlight the good we've seen a little bit of that recently going into 2024 but not a lot as we saw last year but yeah like a lot of that changes and a lot of that is a factor that you can't control and you can't predict and you have to kind of be willing to open up yeah i, I mean an example of that would be even the financing of, of short-term rentals, vacation rentals today, where, you know, we did, you know, back in, in my tenure, some work with institutionals, but it was so rare, almost, you know, didn't happen at all. And now we're starting to see some of that come into play with purpose built. And, and so that mm -hmm. I'm, I'm really enjoying seeing some of the things that we tried to do before that didn't work out that did. So. The other thing that has happened, obviously COVID was probably as bad as it was, one of the best things that's ever happened to, to this space. And because of that big bump, even though it settled back into the norm, it did dramatically increase, increase the user base. And, and the fact that, yeah. you know, today STR is top of mind for the vast majority of the traveling public. And so again, ideas that didn't work before or variations of those ideas will work today because. We no longer have the issue of just a lack of overall product and service awareness. So, yeah. so that's pretty exciting. Well, you guys had a big year at Better Talents. You got fired from your job. You're fired. <laughs> yeah, I sure did. Uh, had a little fun with that. Just, you know, trying to do a, a unique way to announce a new team member. But, you know, that is something that I spent the last almost four years now doing all the sales. We have uh, a total of 17 people on the team now, but I really wanted to be that first point of contact, primarily because when you're shaping a product or a service, it's really critical that you don't lose sight of the customer. And back when I was a VRM, uh, I was always checking guests in at the front desk back when that was a thing you did. Um, I was always taking reservations calls. I would jump into the call center, grab the phone, and, uh, back when that was a thing that you did, um, <laughs> but, but mostly not, not just to help, obviously I wanted to help, you know, do anything within the company, but it was really just to never lose sight, never lose touch of, of the customer and, and better talents case that was really listening to the pain points of what the customer needed from a hiring perspective or, or talent perspective at the early stage so that we could kind of shape the business, the business model, the product, the service around it. But as we develop on our technology platform, it's continuing to be super helpful. And it's not that I am going to stop doing that. It's just obviously in order to scale the business and continue to grow, we needed somebody in sales. And so Reagan Whitlock joined the team and she's been absolutely incredible already. So 
but yeah, that was a fun little way to, to let everybody know about her. So, yeah, it's like, it's like Snoop Dogg, you know, going smokeless. Yeah. Or... <laughs> <laughs> that may have been where I got the idea. You never know. So, uh, I think you were first. You were definitely oh, that's first. Right. Yeah. 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 He did that. Uh, Maybe he got the idea from me. I'm sure. I think he's... so. I think he, he's on LinkedIn. I do follow Snoop Dogg, you know, there you go. he's the, the new owner of Death Row Records. So he, he puts out some content. But no, it was super funny to to see that. And so you mentioned it's just a couple of times, you know, and talking about that, building out the product, building out the service. That's something I'm very passionate about this year. Obviously, I think we had a lot of messages and core themes in 2023. And not that like immediately January 1st is like everything shifts and like everyone's now on this like core bandwagon of X, Y, and Z things. But I do think having the time off to slow down, reflect, think about and and kind of meditate on some stuff that has happened for me i'm very excited for 2024 to be the year of product to be a forefront focus not just for the tech vendors who in my regard like a lot of people i i say this pretty publicly i don't think i've done it well uh, when it comes to the actual overall user experience of product i think we could you know out of all the capital that's flown into some of these startups and venture capital backed companies it's a little, you know, sometimes the user experience just kind of sucks. It's yeah. like, ah, you want that. You want that Apple or Amazon or even Airbnb type experience. And so I, I think product's going to be really, really big focus. Are you seeing the same thing, not just in Better Talent, but with other companies? Obviously, you get to probably see a little bit more under the hood than most due to the fact of hiring the talent, seeing how that is all going to implement and grow their business. Yeah, I would think overall the industry is feeling a need and a push towards further development of the product. You know, 2023 was a a year for for many of the the supplier side, the vendors, the technology providers, where there was a lot of churn, just quite frankly. People were tightening their belt. You know, the fast cash of 21, 22 was was gone. And so companies are, are looking at their different offerings and whatnot or whatever they're using in their tech stack and they're going, do we really need that thing, right? And so you've got to really focus on optimizing the use case, optimizing the product, the ease of use. And I think for me, even when we were developing vacation rentals, purpose built, it was all all about usability. I was like, I wanted somebody to check into one of those homes and literally not need an instruction manual or anything like that and understand how to use every part of the property. Well, the same thing goes for all these technology providers, ourselves included, right? Is, you know, and, and for us with a hiring platform, you don't, maybe you don't use it every day. And so yeah. you might not log in for weeks on end or a month or so. I want you to be able to log in and be like, remember exactly how to use this thing. It's got to be simple, super intuitive. And so, so many of the technology platforms are developed over a long period of time. And I, I call it painting instead of sculpting, where yeah. they're adding things as opposed to to taking away things. And so when you think about usability and your tracking use, there's so many products that we sometimes develop. I was certainly guilty of it and designing a PMS platform where we just kept adding features, right? And then you look at it and all of a sudden it's this mess and it's really hard to navigate and use. And so sculpting is a better way to consider developing a product, taking away the things that are not necessary so that it's simple, it's intuitive, it's sticky because I know exactly how to use it when I log in, so. All right, as we're talking about new products and products that I really like, I think I've already mentioned this on the show, but 
one of the big vendors and technologies that I feel like really won 2023 and is going to continue to win 2024 is Minute. And not only because they're a partner here, but we actually use them in all of our properties. There are eyes and ears and no, not the creepy way, you weirdos, get your head out of the gutter. Minute really does pay attention to make sure that we are properly renting our homes and not causing issues for our neighbors, not letting our guests party or get a music too loud or just smoke a cigarette too close to the house where it seeps into the furniture, like not even partying like a crazy party animal they are sometimes. So Minute really does protect us. They have automated messaging to your guests. They integrate perfectly with our tech stack and they're just a great team. So get your free offer for all Slick Talk listeners with the link in the show notes. You get two months for free. Trying out Minute, if you have more than 10 properties, let them know directly that you were sent from Slick Talk or Will Slickers, Hospitality FM, whatever brand you want to use, because they'll hook you up nice and easy. So back to the episode with Steve Trover as we talk more about products. Well, I think the property manager side too, you know, we just had a round table with Robin Cragen, Megan Moylan, Brandy Canale, Dennis from Cassiola. And the question to them kind of focused around product of the homes, right? Like this lower mid-tier type inventory that has really kind of dominated the market in the sense of that fast cash 2021, 2022 yep. era of everyone just getting into this industry. I think it's becoming more and more to the core of the operator especially at such thin margins, right? Like you're not making a ton. If you're a manager, not an investor, an owner, you're making 25, 30% off of top line revenue, maybe baking in some other type of fees, self-insurance or whatever there could be, you know, in the back end that you don't really like have to advertise. But I think it's becoming even a big focus for them too. And so seeing the two worlds, which are supposed to help each other, right? Suppliers help vendors, vendors help suppliers. and so on and so forth. So like, I think it's a good shift, but I'm curious if that's, do you think it's going to be long lasting? Do you think it's going to be something that is just like, Hey, economy is hard right now. We're in an election year. A lot of startups have failed recently. We just need to do this until we can get more capital or until X, Y, and Z thing happens. Do you think that's the case or do you think it's here to, to stay? You know, if you would have asked me three years ago, do you think that What do you think is going to happen in the next three years? I probably would not have said global pandemic makes the STR industry bigger than it ever has been, right? Like, ah, so crystal ball doesn't exist in my world. And, you know, in in my tenure, I've gone through September 11th back in the day, you know, over 20 years ago, about 20, almost 24 years ago. And we thought we were all going out of business, right? Because nobody was traveling. It was a nightmare went through the 08 crash and, you know, what's going to happen next and how long is this going to be? And, and frankly, what's been amazing to me through those and other situations like that in this industry is the resiliency of this category. You know, 01 was terrible and everything that happened that fourth quarter that year going into the next year, we were down a little bit. The year after we we had a record year, right? Same thing in 08, 09 was kind of off a little bit. 10 was crazy. And so on the rental side, you know, development yeah, real estate yeah. came back a little slower, obviously, but, but, you know, short-term rentals is, is a, I wouldn't say it's a recession proof or disaster proof, but it seems like we always come back stronger than ever, no matter mm-hmm. what that is. Right. And so even though the, you know, COVID launched a big boom, it, it also yeah. created a little bit of a bust, even though the whole Airbnb bust thing is kind of overblown, but you know, that correction usually means that we're going to have a strong comeback. And so I see 
this year is a recovery year going into the next. I think it'll be even stronger. So I, I, I see positive things ahead, no matter what happens right now, some crazy thing in this world could happen. We don't see coming. So I'm going to yep. put an asterisk on that, but, uh, no, I think we're on a, on a good path as an industry. I think some of what came in during 21, 22 that are kind of the get, get rich quick crew and, and yeah. thinking this is easy. I don't know how many times I've heard that from different people online and, oh my gosh, you know, you got to get into STR. It's the greatest thing ever. And you can work four hours a week and all this, you know, uh, okay, don't do that. Right. So, <laughs> but I think most of that's kind of washed out to some degree. And now we're seeing a strong push by real operators, by people that are, are new, like I said, at the onset of this call and, and you know, have new ideas or maybe even old ideas that are new again, but they're realistic. They're settled in, they're focused on building a great business. And, and so I'm excited to see that. And, you know, and as far as the focus on the product, on the, on the manager side, I think they have to, right. So to, to create that really great business, as opposed to just trying to do this on a dime and think it's all just going to be easy because it's not. So, yeah. Well, and a lot of the resiliency, I think, in this industry specifically, as you're talking about the entrepreneurs and the comebacks that you've seen happen in not just short-term rentals, but probably the world, every industry had this certain kind of, you know, cycle happening. And I think a lot of it can be the bottom falls out, right? Like they can't handle the storm. And so when the storm gets rough, they jump ship. They're off. They're, they're abandoned ship. Give me on a lifeboat. I'm out. Maybe they make a little bit of money on the way out because they have a small exit or you know, whatever, a rapid fire sale. By the end of the day, they're out. And now the ship has 75% capacity now to onboard new or to let the rest that stayed settle in. So I think it's, you know, that that does play a piece. And I'm very, I'm very curious because I've been bullish on the message, like not every home or not every apartment, not every listing, quote unquote, should be a short-term rental. And I think a lot of people try to make one a short-term rental. They well, it just needs a little makeup. It just needs a little fixing. It just needs a little of this. It just needs a little of that. And it's like, ah, no, you're still in a bad market. You're still in a very weird area. It's very weirdly configured. It's very like the bones are bad. Like you just right. can't, you just can't fix bad bones. You got to let the property die. So I think, I don't know, would do you see the same thing or am I just kind of over off my own podcasting world where this is all in my own head? No, I, I definitely do. And I've seen a lot, of, a lot of scenarios where people tried to take that kind of square peg, put it in our round hole and it just did not work in this industry. And, and so, you know, I, I think, you know, my history with purpose built and yeah. I'm a, a big proponent of seeing that and uh, coming to fruition. And we're starting to see more and more of it where, you know, people aren't just taking the existing property. They're actually constructing something purposely built for it. And when you get to do that, you use an R and D process where you actually have data to support what you're building and have spent yeah. time to research what should happen and what the guest really wants, what the owner wants and so on. The end result is a really great product. And so my hope is that we see a you know, an even bigger push into that kind of thinking. It also helps that in the, in the sense that you can put that in places and, and deal with or, or go around even some of the restrictions that are in, in place because you operate at more like a hotel, maybe even do it within yeah. some type of commercial zoning. There's, there's ways to do that to where you never have to worry about one of the biggest worries of this industry, which is obviously legislation or getting legislated out of business. And so my hope is that that's 
a big part of the focus on the product moving forward, not just on what should be a vacation rental with existing product, but actually building it from the ground up. So, and that's what happened in the hotel industry going back 70 years ago. And I think it's time for ours. So. Yeah, don't, I don't disagree. And, you know, to go a different route here on the conversation for a second, you've gotten to meet some of the team behind Hospitality FM. And that was one special for me because I look up to you so much. So to have that kind of meeting with everyone around uh, was super cool. But, you know, one of the things I'm really obsessed with, and this will tie into better talent, is I'm obsessed with attention to detail on our products. So this production, I'm trying tons of new things all the time, trying to be a student of the craft at at all costs, right? Like, I, I think there's so much that we haven't done that we can do. You know, I'm a visionary. I'm not an integrator. So it's hard for me to try these new things. But I think the excitement of it being new helps. Going into that, my big focus, and I think you and I texted about this before, you know, even scheduling this episode was I'm obsessed now with finding new voices, new talent in the industry. I've built this platform since 2018. I feel like not that my time's done, but I definitely want to use it for better rather than just. Yeah. You know, getting to chat with my buddies who are, I would consider you that, like, I want to find the newer voices. So when that comes to talent, kind of maybe give me your overall shift and not even shift, but perspective on the talent pool currently today in our industry from vacation rental housekeeping up to C-suite executives, founders. What are you seeing as now that the ship is kind of steering straighter now and going out of the storm, maybe, fingers crossed. Uh, what, 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 yeah, the new talent, talk, talk to me about that. That's kind of the, the long version of sure. asking you that question. Well, one of the great things that happened under COVID in that regard, you know, obviously it, it, it hurt us from a just staffing perspective for the whole, not just yeah. our industry, but all industry. It was very acute in the hospitality industry specifically though. And so that, that was very, very challenging. However, the massive exposure that our industry received from both guests and owners also came into talent. And so what we see today is more people, unique people with unique talents, experiences, education, interested in coming into the space. And so one of the things we, we do, we have a, a talent relationship team here at Better Talent. The whole point of that is so that when people do reach out to us, we can spend some time meeting with them, understanding you know, why do you want to get in this industry? What attracts you to it? And what would be an ideal role for you so that we can pull talent in? Because I think, you know, one of the biggest yeah. impacts we can make as a company and certainly, you know, what we should be focused on as an industry is pulling more and more great talent into this industry. Now, it wasn't too many years ago, practically three, where you might have a conversation at a cocktail party and say what you're in and try to describe it. And they, you know, the only thing they recognized was Airbnb, maybe Verbo, uh, or yeah. maybe they stayed in a, a lake house with their family 25 years ago or whatever. So it just, you had to describe what this is. They didn't think of it as an industry. And that certainly still happens, but I think less so today. There's more people that think, man, I'd really like to get into that industry. Even within the hospitality sector, where it used to be really hard to try and get people from the hotel side to consider STR, VR, that's no longer the case. In fact, they seek us out. And so yeah, I love seeing that because they're, you know, inherently well-trained in the hospitality industry. They understand the concept of hospitality. Uh, they know more what they're getting into. I think that's probably the biggest problem 
um, when somebody starts in this industry and maybe they were in a, a regular nine to five, we don't have nine to fives in this industry. Yeah. So, so it's a, you know, it's, it's a big push from that perspective. So, but I, I just, I think overall, we're seeing a lot of really great people be attracted to this industry, whether they're entrepreneurs starting their businesses or yeah. people wanting to work within it. And I'm excited about that. All that said, we are still, and there are a lot of people like, oh, you guys must be having it a lot easier now. But the reality is we're not. And what I mean by that is it's still a very tight market. We're almost at an all-time low on unemployment. It's only ticked up slightly. When you hear about all these tech layoffs, they really don't impact our operational clients, right? So maybe maybe some companies that need developers on the tech side, it's a lot easier, but that doesn't mean anything for your housekeeping manager and all the other roles. And so I think that it's as challenging as ever been in that regard. Now, we've gotten better at attracting talent as a company because we evolve every day, just like you're evolving the podcast and getting better at it. But the overall market's just as hard as it's ever been. Notable exception is that people are more attracted to this industry now, which I love to see. That said, you know, sometimes when we have these big layoffs from the actual companies in the space, a lot of them leave and they don't come back. And so one of the first things we do when we hear about a layoff, and we usually hear about it about two seconds after it happens from 20 different people, which I'm thankful for, by the way, please keep telling us. We want to get that list of talent and try to keep as many of those people in this industry, you know? So that's because we, we view what we do is more than just, you know, our business and whatnot. It's really, we can be super impactful for the industry if we can kind of help facilitate that, draw people in, keep people in, don't let them leave. Cause if they go, you know, leave us, meaning the STR industry, go, go to work for Google or Uber or whoever, we're probably not going to see them back. And these are a lot of times very smart individuals that we want in this industry. And so that's kind of a role that we view ourselves in. So. Well, yeah, I was going to say the, you know, as a recovering hotel manager, uh, as I like to say, sometimes coming in with that hospitality experience is really good, but also creates a lot of bad habits. You have a lot of false expectations still because the two categories aren't the same, right? Like me checking in people at a front desk and having a on night overnight staff to then becoming a hotel or a bit, sorry, a vacation rental manager where my properties maybe are 20 miles apart from me. You know, that's like you said, it's no nine to five for sure. It's definitely a lot harder. You bring some bad habits, but I think you learn to see the things differently from a better perspective, as you you know mentioned. And so going into the, the talent pool side, you know, I, I think a lot of it, why we, when we have people leave this industry is because they, as you know, as a certified PI predictive index expert and, and certified trainer on it, sometimes a lot of them are in the wrong seat mm-hmm. and even the founders are in the wrong seat. And I think you and I were kind of talking about this briefly on a LinkedIn post where I was looking for CEOs, hired CEOs. I don't want founders that are CEOs. Like that would be me. That would be you. That'd be a lot of other people that probably listen to the show. I want hired CEOs, right? Mm-hmm. And so going into the the actual piece of, I don't know I'm trying to get to a point of like the question and phrasing but basically what I'm trying to say is I think the wrong seat even the founder can be the wrong seat I don't know where where you're yeah yeah I mean in that one of the main reasons people leave other than having maybe a bad manager or a layoff or that type of thing is simply 
thinking they don't like the industry when in reality, they're just not in the right seat within the industry to your point. And so one of the ways that we like to, you know, quote unquote, keep people in is identify that maybe it's with the client and looking at that individual and saying, not a bad person. You said they, you know, show up, they work hard. They're just not designed for that particular role. What about this one over here? And so, you know, that's a big part of what we do. And to your point, you know, there are founders that are certainly in the wrong seat. In most cases, it's a founder that is in two seats and that's the visionary and the integrator when in reality, they should only be in the visionary seat. I fall into that category. I am a, I am not an integrator. I thought, you know, like a lot of us when I was younger and I was starting all these businesses that I just needed to learn how to be that role. I even had the, the title general manager at my own company for a while thinking if I called myself that I would become it or something. But the reality is, is I'm a visionary kind of guy, right? I'm not a, yeah. I'm not a lead and hold people accountable type of person. And that's what you need in that, that CEO or that COO that runs the day-to-day -day of the business. And that way I can stay focused on product and service and, you know, driving the business forward as opposed to running the day-to-day. -day. And so I can't tell you, I mean, literally every day we run into people they're in, they're in both seats and they shouldn't be. You were in that category, right? So, and we all start that way and in any business yeah. you start, unless you started with a partner that just happens to be a really good integrator, which is relatively rare. Uh, Walt Disney and Roy Disney uh, aside, most of us yeah. aren't able to have that, right? So, and so we end up having to do both for a while. The key is, is, is getting that changed as quickly as you possibly can afford to, so. Well, that was going to lead perfectly into what I was going to ask you because I'm back in that role, right? Like I have to play both. I have yep. to be the integrator and the visionary. I have to hold the team accountable and preach the message of attention to detail and everything matters and counts. But then I'm over here running a ton of different experiments and I'm trying all these new things and, you know, we sign somebody and then I completely let it drop off because my goal is to see the vision with them and get them going and you know, off to the races. But I don't have that role. So when it comes to other people who may be in my position, my business partner for our management company, you know, I'm not managing our housekeepers. I'm not texting or messaging our guests. He's running everything. And so what's like the best advice or move you could say that anyone's in that chair, in that position that they should start doing, especially as 2024, things are tight. Like it's, mm -hmm. you know, ADRs are down. Occupancy may not be as up oversupply in certain markets, X, Y, and Z. There's just a lot of happening, a lot of moving factors happening. So yeah, just kind of curious what your take is on that this year. Strong financial controls, growth. The only way to get to the point of where you can have that integrator and, uh, you know, better talent fell into that category when we started, right? We weren't, I wasn't able to do that out of the gates. And so you got to get to a certain point where the business will support it and as fast as you possibly can, in my opinion. And yeah, ADR might be down and overall revenue might be down. I don't know that it's even going to be this year relative to last, maybe to, to, you know, yeah, years prior, but I think we're going to probably have a decent year this year, not a crazy one. That said, growth happens in this industry on the VRM side by inventory growth, right? So focusing on good quality, high level inventory doesn't take a whole lot of pieces of inventory to be able to support a role like we're talking about. I know your business is different in that respect, but most of the listeners, I, you know, if you're in a scenario where you're both of those things, the only way to get there is one of two is investors. I don't necessarily recommend that. 
you know, especially in that early stage VRM or just grow, grind, you know, go get the properties, yeah. high quality, high producers, and you'll be able to afford it. The other piece of that is I had a, I was getting ready to hire my first executive assistant a lot of years ago. I won't tell you how long ago to age myself, but a business guy that I respected says, you know, I said, I was asking the question, I'm like, when can I afford to have this person? And he said to me, Steve, you won't be able to afford that person until you have them. And yeah. I'm not telling anybody listening to stretch beyond their, you know, fiscal capabilities at yeah. all. But what he meant by that is he's like, when that person takes these things off your plate, you can then run and do the things that you're supposed to be doing, which is growing the business in my case, or coming up with new ideas and, and being that visionary. And so, you know, firing myself from sales was just one more piece of me getting in that particular role where I can really yeah. focus on product development, really focus on driving the business, being a face of the company, being on a podcast with Will Slickers, you know. That type of thing, as opposed to, you know, being in sales or running the day to day, like you're talking about with, with your company. And so the only way to do it is, is, is know your, you have strong financial controls and then get to a point where you can afford it or get close so that, you know, once you hire that person, you won't have any problem affording them because they're going to take care of the stuff that you're really not designed to do. So, yeah. That was great advice. That's probably, if anyone listening, if that's the only thing you take away from this whole call, then. I'm happy with that. Now, I'm very curious, what does product development look like for you with Better Talent? Now that you're out of the sales role, you have Reagan running running the ship uh, for the sales side. And you got Adam. Love Adam. Such a great dude. Can't wait to have him on. We're, so follow up, we're having it. We're going to have a second round table. So we booked the first one. The second one, we'll, we'll have Adam and a few other people that were on that, that LinkedIn post thread. That's for all great. the listeners, long story short, don't need to worry about it. Just know it's going to be great. And I'm very curious. So like from a product development, I'm obsessed with product development right now. Mm -hmm. I want to know what that looks like for you. Yeah, for me, it's really seeing how clients are currently engaging, surveying clients, both digitally and in person, talking about, you know, what are the pain points within the platform that we can fix? Our, our system in, in its current iteration is pretty simple. It's getting ready to get not more complex, but more robust. And so you know, taking the time to make sure you're going to build something that people want, not just one client, but most of them, and that is easy to use and is effective. And so, you know, for me, I like to do things pretty quick. That can be a challenge when it comes to product development, because if you go too quick, you'll probably you break things. Well, you'll break it and you won't build something that necessarily people want. You'll, it'll be a shiny thing that you think maybe yep. one client told you they wanted to do it. That's not when you want to build something. And then the other thing is just trying to find out things that they don't ask you for, right? AKA Steve Jobs style of product development, right? Go build them something they don't even know to ask for. But for us, it's really, you know, foundational and fundamentals this year. It's, it's probably a big piece of it. I just want a company that uses our platform, whether that's the service or the technology side, to just really have what they need to make that job of bringing on the best people and retaining the best people easy and simple, right? It's the hiring yeah. easy button, if you will. And so complexity is is the worst thing that I think you can do when you're developing product. Intuitive is really the design focus for us. Log in, oh, that's easy to use. I know exactly what to do with that. And it takes away pain points that they have without the product, right? So. Yeah. Yeah, you and I are very similar. I like to move fast. I tried to move fast this last weekend by implementing HubSpot and integrating it into our website. And I broke our website for 
couple hours and had to email my web developer. Yeah. Shout out to Ellie Hudson Creative Studios. You guys are amazing for That's working awesome. on a Sunday and fixing it. But yeah, moving fast sometimes is uh, like a bull in a china shop, obviously. But yeah, I think it's really fascinating. I, I love to see the way you approach specific things, especially with what you've learned, the way that you guys use the data, uh, the way you're putting people in certain seats. It's, it's very fascinating to me. It's something, I'd like, if I could preach a message to the listeners, this is not something to, to be like, oh, it's another PI, visionary integrator conversation. Like this stuff really does work. And when you see it work, you're like, shit, I got to get to that point. Like you, you get to that, like that mindset of like, okay, there's nothing else I want to focus on. At least for me, I think that's obviously selfishly. I love having you on the podcast for stuff like that because I'm learning from it. I'm not just having a conversation with a friend. I'm actually right. truly interested. So yeah, it's just very, it's a very interesting time. I think for our industry in the regards of that, in the regards of especially talent, especially talent, like the right people, the right voices really take, like, I don't know. I'm just excited about this new age of new generation, right? Like I think it's, mm-hmm. they're learning so much from, from the industry. They're coming in with fresh ideas. They're taking stuff that you know may not have worked or they're making something completely new. You, you got to mention a couple before we hopped on the recording, but I'm very curious from your, your perspective, you get to see a lot of these guys sooner than probably most of us do. Who's exciting you right now? Now, I move fast, I move quick, and I find it very hard to find vendors and sponsors that move as fast as I do. It's a really hard challenge. It's not a great challenge at the end of the day. Sometimes I move a little too fast, like when I broke my website. So Hospitality FM, I tried to plug in HubSpot, and I tried to build out this whole thing. I was really excited trying to move all these pieces and be an integrator that I'm not, and I broke the website for a couple hours. Well, Hudson Creative Studios, they fixed it. On a Sunday, it was kind of a learning lesson for me because I did not know what I was doing. And so they're amazing. Not only do they do our Hospitality FM podcast website, but they've done our management company, Recreation Vacation Rentals. Now, the reason why I got introduced to Hudson Creative Studios was through our partners at Hostfully. Hostfully builds amazing technology for our industry. They have a great property management platform. So if you go to them, you build a book direct site, connect Hudson Creative Studios, their booking engine is amazing. And of course, now you have a synchronized place to actually manage your vacation homes. And as Steve said, if you're a visionary in an integrator spot, you need to hire and scale as fast as possible to get that position open up for the right person to steer the ship. So as you are scaling, use Hostfully, use Hudson Creative Studios. Now back to the episode. Who's exciting me right now? You know, I I don't know that I would want to name too many specifics because <laughs> I'd leave out some other people, but yeah, I think yeah. it's 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 really a lot of the people that are really focused on kind of the treehouse, kind of the, the tiny home stuff that are developing the product. Because again, I'm a purpose built guy, so yeah. I I really like what I'm I'm seeing there across the that, unique, that unique stays category. Unique stays. You know, I'm my purpose built. My average size is probably seven thousand square feet. They weren't these little things, but I'm really interested in them. I think it's it's really a great model, and and that whoever is really thinking about the physical product to go around or along with the service attributes is who I think is, is really interesting and exciting. Even if that means repurposing, going in and redesigning. I mean, I had an interior design company for a lot of years. And so we did that as well, but 
just focusing, you know, we're talking about product and, you know, and, and you're an I case, it's different than the, the typical ERM STR provider, but anybody that's really thinking along those lines, like I want to focus on getting the best product and I might have to build it, or I might have to yeah. optimize it for use, thinking about what that product should be and should not be. And like, what, mm -hmm. what should I say no to? So people that are saying no to the wrong opportunity is key. I used to say yes to way too much. And so shaping your business around, around no is a, is a great way to do it as well. But physical product design is just, it's so early stage. So I would just encourage anybody listening to, you know, if you're not already thinking along those lines and you don't have to be a builder or a developer, you just need to know them. Right. And I'll tell you what, if you got builders and developers in your market that are focused on this category or, or at least interested in it, they'll listen to you and you can work with them on, on developing out a product where you kind of co-brand it or work with them in some respect to get to that end result. And I would encourage everyone listening to think about that. And if that's designing a treehouse or a dome or a little cabin in the wood, whatever that is, or a big, large scale, multi-gen focused multi-bedroom home uh, is great as yeah. well. So there's a lot of different ways to, to look at product, but I, I, I'm, I'm liking what I'm seeing there. So. Yeah, no, I, I love that. I just had a recording today. You'll, anyone watching the video version will see me in the same outfit. Sorry, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not changing in between recordings, but I just had Ben Wolf with Onera on. So got to meet him in person yeah. before the recording and just love, love that, that realm, that business model. And he, he states it pretty obviously in the episode, but he goes, look, the shit I want to build, it's not cheap. It's expensive. Yep. And we need, and like, we don't cut corners, you know, that's, and that, that's hard as, as a visionary creative, that's hard to say because sometimes you just want to make everyone happy. Right. Yeah. It's funny. You mentioned him. I just saw him in Miami and I was, I'm very impressed um, with what they're doing. The guys at free wild, they're, they're doing some cool stuff. Wander. I don't know if you're familiar with Wander, those guys, you know, so that's the kind of yeah. stuff. Field trip is another. So I said I wouldn't name them, but here you go. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Bolt, Bolt Farm Treehouse, Seth and Tori Bolt. Bolt, Bolt. You guys are, yep. yep. Yeah. They're great too. We're going to do a unique stay round table. So for all the listeners, you're getting a lot of juicy dives here. But yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. Steve, I, I asked you the question in the beginning, you know, what's one thing you've changed your mind on in the last 12 months? I'm going to, what's one thing you're looking forward to when it compares 2023 to 2024, wrapping up the episode here? Yeah, obviously 23 was just a, a there was a down feeling to it and understandably like coming off the buzz of, of the last couple of years prior and kind of the just dramatic increase in the overall use of, of our industry. I feel like this is a recovery year and I don't think we're going to knock it out of the park in a big, big way, but I think we're going to have a good solid year. Uh, we're going to get through this crazy election and get out the other side. It's going to be, it's going to be a, a positive, positive year. So I think that, you know, a lot of the people, like I said, that just weren't cut out for this industry have kind of left it, gone back to something else. And so it's going to open up a lot of opportunity for the people that stick around and the people that have been here all along to just yeah. really do great work and, and build great companies. And so I, I'm, I'm very bullish on 24. I, I really feel good about it. So from what I I'm agree to. Them. yeah i love it well steve thank you so much for hopping on the pod again with me to kick off 2024 super thankful for all that you do and all the slick talkers know if you're watching if you're listening 
Like always, links are in the show notes. Everything Better Talent, Steve Drover is going to be there. So give them as much love, support, shout outs, mm-hmm. likes, subscribes that you can think of. And of course, make sure that you let them know if you do end up working with them that I sent you because yeah, absolutely. You know, more, more, more love. But yeah. outside of that, Steve, thank you so much. And for all the listeners out there, we'll see you again next week. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you to our show partners for making Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast possible. We hope you enjoy the show and we would love to connect with you outside of the podcast. So you can follow us on all of our social media channels for daily hospitality content or find us on slicktalkthepodcast.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. I'm your host, Will Slickers, and we will see you guys all again next week.